bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. One of the things I love most about doing the show is getting to meet so many fantastic people. And I think it's so nice when you can talk with someone who's actually been through something very difficult and can talk and share and help other people. You know, heart disease is the number one killer of women and men. And I think a lot of people forget about the women part. So I'm so thrilled to have on the program, Cynthia Brown, CPO. She is a national patient advocate for women and heart disease. She's going to share her story with us and what she's doing now to help others. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. Um, I am so honored to be on your show. And I look forward to um, educating and bringing awareness to uh, women and heart disease. Thank you, Cynthia. When did you first even start thinking about heart disease? Or I should actually, you know, Randall, that wasn't the question I wanted to ask. Sorry. <laughs> My brain was like <laughs> jumping around. Okay, thanks. Let me start again. Okay. Cynthia, what does CPO stand for? Chief Patient Officer. And I gave myself that title. Good for you. Oh, I think that's awesome. All right. So was this even on your radar at all before you had heart disease and a heart attack? Had you even ever thought that this was something that would ever even happen to you? No, not at all. I didn't even know that women could have heart attacks or heart disease. If you look back at any movies that we, we watched, it was always a man. They always grabbed their chest. Yep. They fell to the floor. They were dead before they ever hit. So there was never any, any women to refer back to in any way. There was, I saw no materials, had no family history. And so when I left my doctor's office, after finding out I had some mitral and tricuspid problems, uh, and then they tell you not to worry, you know, you cry all the way home because you're thinking, I have heart disease, and you have nobody to talk to. There's nobody. See, there really should be. I mean, it's such a prevalent problem. There is now. We've come a long way, baby, because uh, (laughs) when I, 15 years ago... (laughs) 15 years ago, there was no no one for me to talk to, uh, and if there was, they were pretty much just coming out of the closet at that point, um, because it was a rarity, and nobody wanted to talk about it, and it still, for a lot of women, is an embarrassment to even admit that they have heart disease. I, I don't know why, because I wasn't embarrassed. I was scared. Um, I, I wanted to educate myself. And I wanted to stay healthy, and, and I didn't want to die. So uh, I did find um, two organizations that I worked with throughout the years, um, last 12 years, and um, they were a great help. But I have to say, all in all, I educated myself. And who better to advocate for yourself than yourself? And uh, now what I do is I go around and I do presentations, and uh, I've done YouTube and I'll speak to just about anybody. I'll talk to the grocery store clerk, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> and how important it is that women will go get mammograms and pap smears, but they won't ask for the basics of, am I at risk for heart disease or stroke, which is your EKG, an echocardiogram, and the blood test, CRP. These are all basically non-invasive other than the CRP, but if they're going to take blood anyway, ask them to do that blood test. So we need to educate women more to to um, take the bull by the horns 
uh, oftentimes it's a dangerous thing to do, but in this case, it's probably one of the safest things you could do to prevent yourself from getting heart disease or to have it to catch it early. Now, I was reading that you had the symptoms. What are some of the symptoms of heart disease? I literally had all the typical signs of having a heart attack and having heart disease, Uh, difficulty breathing, extreme fatigue, chest pain right in the middle, radiating out through the chest, out the back, left arm numbness, nausea. I had every typical symptom that a male would have, but that's not the norm for women. Women can have jaw pain. They can have neck and um, shoulder pain. Even uh, I know one lady that all her pain when she was having a heart attack was on in her left, her right arm, and she felt like she had pulled a muscle on the right side of her neck and her back. And she went to the hospital, and they told her she was suffering from panic and anxiety. So she went home to do the dishes, <laughs> and then she yelled oh for her husband, gosh. I'm having a heart attack now, and she was. He drove her to the hospital again, and um, she was having a heart attack. And actually, she was having a heart attack the first time. So oh women gosh. do have Sometimes women will get like a funny feeling in their stomach, and I think women are more intuitive and know their bodies better than men. No offense to men, but it is just something that yeah. we were born with. And I, I can tell the difference if my stomach—it's not the flu; it's not something I ate. And to make women more aware of these signs that they would never, ever, ever tie into having a heart attack or having any form of heart disease. Wow. Now, what about for you? I mean, what was going on? What was happening in your life? And what were some of your symptoms that brought you to the doctor saying, did you even know you were having a heart attack? I'm guessing not, right? You just tell us the whole story. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, it started out with, um, I was I had a very huge responsible government job, uh, 136 employees, over 35,000 child support cases. And I had just recently remarried and took on two new stepdaughters. And so I started having extreme fatigue, difficulty getting out of bed in the morning, uh, heart palpitations, shortness of breath. Um, I I used to be the Energizer Rabbit. That was my nickname. And I was always (laughs) the leader of the pack. That was another nickname I had that I was doing well to bring up the rear of the pack. And I knew something was wrong. And so my first visit to the ER, thinking I was having a heart attack, which I was, um, later confirmed, but not then. And they blew me off. They said I was having panic and anxiety because of my job, because of my um, personal home life, uh, just life in general. And I was one of the lucky ones. At least I wasn't referred to a psychiatrist. But um, so I went to my primary and she immediately had an echocardiogram company that traveled come into the office, run an echocardiogram. I had some minimal, what, what they call regurgitation in my mitral and tricuspid valve, which means leakage in layman's terms. And that's how it started. And I had progressed very slowly throughout the years with, um, they found out I had um, congenital heart disease. I had three mm. defects, uh, one that was fixed with cardiac ablation. I still have the other two. They also found out I had microvascular heart disease, which is the tiny vessels in a woman's heart. Men don't have those. And I had hypotension, not hypertension, where my blood pressure was too low, which made it hard to treat me with a 
a lot of the medications that they needed to. And I later in 2011 diagnosed pulmonary hypertension, which is where the blood pressure in the lungs is, are, is way too high, which is a blood, all my problems are blood flow issues. But the pulmonary hypertension eventually, if not treated, can lead to heart failure. So it's tied in. The, the crux of my problems are not my lungs. It, it is my heart. Um, I've had three heart attacks. And oh I'm lucky to be here, and I don't take that for granted. I've I've been poked and prodded, and and oh, we'd be here all day talking if I told you everything in the last 15 years. But I can speed it up a little bit and tell you that after having numerous procedures, uh, minor surgeries, many, 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 many tests, and I've been to Cleveland Clinic, the Mayo Clinic, uh, Barbara Streisand Cedar Sinai Women's Heart Center, where I'll be going and leaving today for, and. I recently, just in the beginning of 2017, all of a sudden I took a turn for the worse. And it was even hard after everything I've been through and everything that I have, because I keep a list of of what I have and my my medications, my doctors, my contact person, and my purse on my person. Uh, I take, they um, have it at the fire department, the police department. I live in a little town of 2000, so Mm. it's easier for me to do. And so I have all these things, and then I took a turn for the worse, but they weren't prepared for that because I was moving along so slowly. When you have regurgitation in your valve, it starts at minimal normally, unless it it just ruptures. And mine started as minimal, and then it goes to mild, and then it goes to moderate. That's that's where I'm at now. And but they won't do open heart surgery until you reach severe. Now in my mind, I'm kind of think, okay, my common sense is telling me, why wouldn't you operate on me now when I'm the healthiest and stronger and wouldn't the outcome be better for me? But I'm not your textbook patient. I'm not your typical patient. I am what they call a difficult patient, not in that I fight with with my my (laughs) cardiologist. We we might disagree once in a while, but (laughs) do it respectfully. I love her. I trust her with my life or I wouldn't be with her. I fired four cardiologists along the way who kept wanting to put me on Paxil. <laughs> and I kept oh. saying, I'm not taking that. At first, the first person or the first cardiologist that offered, I said, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a whole new world for me. It, it changed my whole life. It, every aspect of my life was changed. Work, I work from home now. I can't work outside the home. Um, friends and family. You got some who just didn't want to be a part of it, some who are in denial and never ask how you're feeling, what the doctor said. And then I do have some really wonderful heart sisters who stay in contact with me um, throughout the United States and some good friends here locally. And um, I think right now my best friend is my cardiologist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I, want to go back to something, Cynthia, that you'd said, I'm still blown away that you actually did have a heart attack. And they told you you were just anxious. And it was a panic attack. I hope you went back to those people and said, listen, here, uh, I can't use the word. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) What is this? Unacceptable. (laughs) Unacceptable. Yes. Uh, I'm a big writer. That's what I do now. I'm an author and and I write freelance. And um, so I always have been a writer ever since I can remember, since I learned how to write in kindergarten. And mm-hmm. 
So I wrote a letter. Yes, I did. And mm. I that to this day. If I'm mistreated as an ER, blown off, I want them to know the importance. I try to I try to educate them as much as I want to say, like you said, words that we can't say on the air. I I don't yes. I don't do that. I, I I do it, but I do it at home with myself and yes. kind of get past it. And sure. then I sit down and I write a professional letter and tell them they might not be so lucky the next time when they send somebody home and they have a heart attack and die. And normally that would be a woman. I did. I was that's, in the hospital. That's what I think. Excuse me. Oh, I was going to say that I, I was saying that's what I think that that's my fear is that if they're even though heart disease is the number one killer of women and a woman's coming in showing signs of a heart attack, but they're telling her she's just stressed out or panicked. Maybe in some cases she is. And obviously, in some cases, she's not. That's got to be fixed. Absolutely. And, and and really, there's not enough education that's being done in the emergency room. And that the paramedics and emergency rooms. They need more training than anybody. They are the first responders. You got the paramedics. And every time that I have, I've only had to call the ambulance twice. Well, blood pressure is good. And you look, you look great. Well, yeah, I was getting ready to go out with my friends. I got makeup on. I'm dressed up. Sorry, but I'm having a heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know my body. And, uh, but I laid the second time and I had to call for an ambulance. I was driving to work and, I ended up having to pull into a church parking lot, which I thought was very apropos, should I die? Um, And the ambulance came and took me from there. But I was laying there, and I'm hearing, well, EKG is a little abnormal, but it doesn't show heart attack. I'm sure we'll have her out of here in no time flat. It's like I'm not even in the room. And then they bring two other men in by ambulance, um, and so much for HIPAA. I could hear everything. And that's exactly mm. what I had. And they immediately admitted them and took them upstairs to the cardiac unit. I laid there for three hours before the nurse stuck her head in and said, I just talked to your cardiologist and your enzymes are over double and you've had a myocardial infarction, which is a heart attack. Um, and we're going to admit you. Oh I, I didn't no know wonder your to- book is called can you hear me now? Or do I need to yell into your stethoscope? I mean, what a perfect title. And I came up with that during my first heart attack and they weren't listening to me. And my now ex-husband, I said, I don't care what, get me toilet paper, get me a paper towel and get me a pen. I need something to write on. I'm going to lose this thought. And that's when I came up with the title. And um, I was working full time, as I said, and and it got off to a slow start. And finally, I semi-retired moved to Nashville, finished the book, and it was published in 2011. And it is a little outdated right now. Um, But the the purpose of, it's outdated in fact is in in regard to where we've come with patient advocacy and more physicians listening to their patients. But I, initially, that book was written to tell a little bit about my story, but even more so to help educate other women to better advocate for themselves when it came to their heart health. And it was also for physicians to learn how to listen to their female heart patients with something other than just their stethoscope. So it was kind of threefold. And I I was going to rewrite the same book, but I came up with a different title. And um, it has actually has a tombstone on the front. And it says in big, bold letters, I told you I was sick, exclamation mark. <laughs> because oh, I that's don't, perfect. I don't look sick. And that is a that's 
that has probably hurt me. It helped me early in life, <laughs> not looking my age, maybe looking yeah. good, you know, dressing nice. And it does not help when you're sick and you're trying to get somebody to understand that because they see the outside and they're judging the book by its cover. And, and, and I'm one hot mess on the inside and they're not mm. seeing that. And so I, I want, I want this book to reflect that, that, you know, not you, what you see on the outside is not all necessarily what's going on on the inside. And women, we still have a, we still have a long way to go. We really do. Um, but I, I will be doing this, this advocacy and bringing awareness to women and heart disease until I take my last breath. This is my purpose in life. And some people go through their whole life and never know what their purpose is. I'm very blessed. Um, I had to go through this and still go through this and will always go through this. This will be a part of my life, but um, it's my purpose. That is fantastic. Uh, in the last few minutes, Cynthia, talk to us a little bit about some of the ways women can ad- advocate. What is some advice you have? I think, honestly, when a woman, if she is having these symptoms, uh, all of a sudden she's um, unusually fatigued, her heart's racing, um, shortness of breath, to not blow it off, to go to their primary and tell them what's going on. If they do not address it as a heart issue, as a possible heart issue, they need to go to another doctor. And I, as I said before, I went through four cardiologists. So you need to speak up for yourself. There's something about when they put that little paper robe on us, you know, that it, it yeah. makes us fit. <laughs> All of a sudden we can't, we're like, they ask us, uh, well, any questions? And we're like, no. <laughs> and you walk out and you've got 500,000 questions and your mind's spinning. And, and um, so to... To already have those questions available, make sure you have your symptoms, your date, journal. Um, if you have time, if not, if this happens and you start having chest pain, don't worry about journaling and that. Just make sure you don't ever, 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 ever drive yourself to the hospital. I did the first time. They never take you serious. Always call mm-hmm. 911 because you could cause an accident. Um, so you always do that. You always just have to speak up and speak out. And you're not just speaking up and speaking out for yourself when you do that. You're doing it for other women because because the more I do it, the more they do it. Other females, other women who are living with heart disease or even those that are at risk, then we're speaking up. We, we are being a voice for all the other women. So I would say the most important thing is if you have some issues and it doesn't require you to call 911, document, document, document. And then get your questions ready, make an appointment, and if they roll their eyes, trust me, I've had that done to me, or they huff and puff and turn their back on you and fire them. And you're allowed to say, you're fired. I always wanted to say that, and the first time I got to do it, yeah. I literally skipped out of my car. There's <laughs> 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 hey, a doctor. <gasps> Oh, that's good. Yeah, you have to be comfortable, right, with your healthcare providers. And and if you don't feel listened to or if you feel like they're talking down to you, then you need to find somebody else. Absolutely. You know how many cardiologists and how many physicians are out there? There are millions. And somebody is going to be your fit. You are the cog. They are the wheel. And you've got to stay true to yourself. Don't back down. Don't be quiet. And eventually, you'll find your place in that turning wheel. That's what happened with me. 
I met my cardiologist at a um, Go Red for Women photo shoot, and she came up. She said, I think you have this and this. And I said, oh, is that what you have? And she goes, no, I'm a cardiologist. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I thought we all were patients. And so I've been with her uh, 10 years now. And as I said, we um, don't always agree. And that's okay not to agree. But she listens. She looks me straight in the eyes. I mean, she could literally have um, a, a sketch artist for law enforcement draw me perfectly, probably. She knows me that well. Uh, and you have to be that comfortable. My life is in her hands. And if I didn't trust her with my life, I wouldn't be with her. And I think for some women, it's a little bit easier to have a female cardiologist. That does not necessarily mean that you're going to get a better cardiologist. It just means you might be more comfortable. And um, so I think that uh, know yourself, know your wants, know your needs, write everything down. Don't be afraid. We've got to, we've got to speak up more and we've got to speak out. You, know, you can't just wear the red. You've got to be the red, is what I say. You know, <laughs> just take one day out I love that. Wear red. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that people do. I've got women and men and, and some kids are in red on Go Red Day. That's wonderful. But we have to do more because women are dying the other 11 months out of the year, not just February. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, which is pretty much all I have left right now, um, after all my surgery, <laughs> that mm. you are doing this in a month that is not considered um, Heart Disease Awareness Month. I have been turned down, written great articles that people just love when I show it to them because I always get a review from other writers and other people before I submit something, you know, am I missing something? And the only reason they turn it down is because it's not Heart Disease Awareness Month. Oh my gosh, really? I don't even go by that, honestly. I just, if something is important and we talk about it, it doesn't have to be Heart Disease Awareness Month. And when I said I love it, I meant I love what you said about the go red. You have to, you don't, you have to be the red. I thought that was really, really spot on. You know, the time goes by so fast, Cynthia, and you've been such a pleasure. Tell us all the ways we can find you and how we can find your book, which I'm very excited about. Can you hear me now or do I need to yell into your stethoscope? Okay, at this point in time, um, the only place I believe that might have the book would be, uh, it's called Mira, it's www.miradigitalpublishing, uh, all one word, dot org, and um, they have a bookstore, and they may have some left, and I'm sorry, I should have checked before we got on the phone. Oh, that's okay. Uh, because it is outdated, I pulled it from Barnes & Noble's website. I pulled it from Amazon because I wanted to update it. Now, if somebody wants, I've got, I've got about 20 in my trunk. They're not in perfect condition, but I will literally give those to the first 20 people that emails me at C-Y-N, as in Nancy, D as in David, I-L-A-W-7-9 at hotmail.com and that's how I can be reached by by email. I do have a website and that is www.patientadvocacyforall all one word dot org. Fantastic. Oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that um and I do discuss other issues but mainly it's art and mainly it's patient advocacy. 
Fantastic. Well, Cynthia, keep up with all the wonderful work. I'm so glad you came on the program. If you want to learn more, you can go to itsyourhealthwithlisadavis.com. You can check out all of the wonderful shows that are there. You can also check me out on Twitter at HealthMediaGal1 and the show as well at Talk Healthy, the number two day. Thanks for listening and stay well.